I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. And now, giving you access to the locker rooms and the minds of the independent scene, here are the curtain jerkers of pro wrestling podcasting, Mike Crockett. Actually, I prefer to be called Maestro. And the kingpin, Brian Malonis. He's the win, and nobody beats him. This is the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 78, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully, they said, we think you may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars, the Irresistible Force, the Immovable Object, as promised, the current reigning and defending Lucky Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, right? The Kingpin, Brian Malonis. Lots of shenanigans in this match. There was outside oh, interference. There we go. Uh, I was slapped by Vern Vicalo's manager during the match. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so. No disqualification there. No, the ref didn't disqualify. and, and Who's and refereeing that? Tony S? Kevin Quinn. Oh, Kevin Quinn. That's why. Mm-hmm. No, Tony S wouldn't allow that uh, gaga to happen. He certainly wouldn't. <laughs> and all that plus the Udemar book to win, right? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Well, <laughs> pays, pays the same. <laughs> so how was the Lucky Pro Wrestling event? It was good. It was good. It was long, but it was good. Yeah. I had a good time. You made it out alive? Yeah, hopefully I'll be back sometime. All right. Well, good luck. In your future endeavors with Lucky Pro Wrestling. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> and good luck to Jamie in his future endeavors outside of Chaotic Wrestling. We talked last week with Jamie Jamikowski, the outgoing owner of Chaotic Wrestling. He is selling the company. We don't know exactly yet the huge conglomerate that is taking over. Well, you're a part of it, right? No, no, no. What do you I mean? am not. I, am, I must remain unbiased here. I assumed you were part of it. No, no. <laughs> Jesus, you think I got cash? Just be doling out for a primo pro wrestling company? No, I just watched your credit card bounce when you tried to buy a pack of batteries at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thanks to all the great feedback on our podcast with Jamie. And speaking of, this week, they're one half of the way there to getting, is it dinner? Or what is the bet with you and Jamie? There is no bet. What I said was, I said, oh, geez, you got to get the podcast. If you guys get two episodes for the end of the year, uh, I will, uh, I'll work your last show as Chaotic Wrestling Promoter for free. And then I quickly rescinded. I said, no, because you'll do it just to win the bet. And then he uh, came up with the dinner thing. So uh, I think it the, is the, the good news is I never see Jamie outside of pro wrestling. So, so, so you never see other, him again? Than, other than other than fantasy sports drafts. So yeah, I'll probably never even run into him. So, <laughs> so they did do the first episode of For the Pops. On the NAI Pop Network. It was a very good episode. You got a chance to listen? Not yet, buddy. Have you listened to anything? Pritchard. Uh, uh, what about our podcast? You listened to them before us? Yeah. <laughs> what no, I listened to us from this week. This week? Yeah, I still haven't listened to last week's yet. Oh, my God. I'm not on it. Yeah, you. <laughs> the truth comes out. Oh my no, god! No, I got like eighteen million. I have to delete some of these podcasts off my phone pretty soon. Here, I'm gonna have my entire uh, my entire iPhone just filled up with podcasts. We're gonna see what Jason Stewart said about you uh, two weeks ago on BDA Radio. <laughs> well, 
what Jason Stewart thinks, and uh, about three fifty will get me a large coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. So, oh, good gravy. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> we're doing podcasts all over the place here on the NAI Wrestling Network and on our own feed on BDA Radio. Hey, hey, let's just say that these filling hosts had big shoes to fill, and I didn't even get halfway there. So. You wouldn't know, though, because you didn't listen, <laughs> prick. I just know. <laughs> right. I just know. Well, today on the wrestling... I'm, ir- I'm irreplaceable. Today on the wrestling podcast about nothing, on the NAI Wrestling Network, the Kingpin is here, and we're going to be talking about the evolution of the indies. Evolution is a mystery. <laughs> it's not going to be a mystery after today, Kingpin. <laughs> we'll start when I first started in the early 90s. What was Gorgeous George like? <laughs> to what it's become today, Brian Malonis. Plus, we're going to get your promo about nothing in and so much more. But first, it is time to debut a brand new segment here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. If this is like gargle lyrics, I'm going to punch you square in the mouth. Yeah, last time we did this, uh, there was quite a divisive reaction to gargle lyrics. There was no divisive reaction. (laughs) It was unanimous (laughs) that it's horrible. Well, the people who love it aren't going to write in and say they love it. It's just, you know how it is, the vocal minority. Yeah, is is this like, like, uh, forget it. I was going to mention the presidential election, but we we won't go there. Let's not. Let's (laughs) stay away from that. Uh, Well, yeah, it wasn't received well, I guess. But this time I've got it by George. George Carroll. This is the one. You know what, Kingpin? You know why this is the one? Because I know the secret ingredient that's been missing. What's that? Impressions. Oh, boy. Impressions. That's where the money is in the podcast game. I, I don't have to do impressions, right? No, no, no. It's all me this time. Pritchard's making millions. You, you're talking about you want to listen to Pritchard's podcast before ours? The reason? His impressions, I'm sure. Huh? <laughs> the, the 605 Super Podcast is entertaining the masses with their work. How about Andrew Paisano from the Putting Over Podcast Facebook group? Well, I always... Uh take care of my paisanos and i'm taking care of andrew paisano he does the what's wrong with wrestling podcast and he does a killer steve austin impression he got him work on the edge and christian podcast you get a lonnie anderson uh impression i don't what's wrong with lonnie anderson (laughs) well uh andrew paisano on the putting over podcast facebook group make sure you go join our community of pro wrestling podcasters just put putting over podcasts in the facebook search and you can find us but besides that Imitating wrestlers, Kingpin Brian Malonis, is where it's at. You just almost backhanded me. (laughs) (laughs) I get very animated. (laughs) So imitating wrestlers is where it's at. Uh, It's... mm. I've been holding back on you, Brian. I'm sorry to admit. I've been holding back on this podcast. In this head are a ton of voices just dying to break out. I didn't think you were holding back. I just set my expectations low. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to let all this out, Brian. Finally. Finally, I'm going to live up to your, we're going to raise your expectations, hopefully, (laughs) from this whole thing. Let that podcast cash start rolling in, because I've got the impressions. It's time to play the WPAN's newest game, Mocket Crockett. Good God. How do you like that? Good God. Mocket Crockett. Of course, you named it after yourself. Well, it's all about me, Kingpin. You know how it is. Especially when you don't care enough to listen to the show. All right. I got my hat here. Let me just take off my headphones. And I got my hat. And I have some names on some pieces of paper here, Kingpin. All right. And they're the, all see going the paper. into the hat. Where'd you get that paper? We're at my house. Did you rip up a piece of my paper? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So uh, we got them in the hat here. Hopefully it's not my chaotic check. What you're going to do, <laughs> do is basically pick out a name, read it to me, 
and I'll do the impression. Could be anybody in here, Kingpin. Yeah? So reach in, pick out a winner. All right. Do I get a drum roll or something? Oh, you want me to actually pick? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. What do we got here? All right, Mike. I got Scott Hall. Scott Hall, Mike. All right. All right. Scott Hall. We all know Scott Hall, right? One of the outsiders. Yes. Finding members of the NWO. Scott Hall. One of the greatest all time, never to never to be a world champion. Yes, that's on a podcast we've done. Yes. All right. Scott Hall, here we go. Hey yo. All right. That's it. You you gonna stop there? (laughs) Doesn't need to be any more, Kingpin. No, that is iconic. That's pretty good. I just didn't know if you're gonna do more. That was that was it. Maybe uh, like uh, one more for the good guys or something like that, you know? Let's just stick with the hey, yo. That's all you need, really. That's Scott Hall. All right. To a T. All right. All right. How many rounds are we doing here? We're doing a few. We'll do a few. Oh, boy. The people love the impressions. That's what we've <laughs> established here, Kingpin. Impressions are money. They do love All them. right. Let's go. Next one in the hat. Funny equals money. That's what you're saying? Exactly. All right. I got the next one. Yes. Okay. Uh... This is a little strange, but the Diamond Stud. The Diamond Stud, a product of WCW, managed <laughs> by Diamond Dallas Page. He's um, eerily reminiscent of someone else that we just mentioned. Uh, okay, the Diamond Stud. <clears throat> he didn't say much, but what he did was very effective in WCW. <clears throat> the Diamond Stud. I couldn't tell you what he, what he said as the Diamond Stud. but I'm about to show you. Okay. <clears throat> Hey yo. He he said he said hey yo as a diamond stud. Yeah, definitely. He had the toothpick and everything. I I I can't I can't uh I certainly can't disprove this because I don't remember the diamond stud all that much. But uh that doesn't sound right to me. Well, okay, let's just it's, let's it's move the same on. person though, so Well, I guess. Let's just move on, Kingpin. Let's get let's get another one in there. Oh, boy. All right. All right. The next impression. All right. Uh, so so did, you, did you exclusively do one human being? Because this is Razor Ramon now. Razor Ramon. He went into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> WWE Hall of Fame recently. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Razor Ramon. So that's, uh, hmm. We'll see what we can do here. Okay. Razor Ramon. <clears throat> A multi-time intercontinental champion. <clears throat> here we go. Razor Ramon. Hey yo! <laughs> if I if I've been had here, is this what? is this a rib? <laughs> no, no, it's not a rib. It's it's an impression. Razor Ramon. He said, "Hey yo," right? I I don't know. Did he? I don't, maybe. All right, Chico. I, okay, I I added it in there for you. Okay. All, All right. right. Let, okay. Maybe uh, we can pick somebody who's not Scott Hall. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. All right. All right, I, I'm not I'm not familiar uh, I'm not familiar with this one, Mike. So, uh, Starship Coyote, Starship Coyote. Let me educate you there, Kingpin. The NWA way back in the early to mid '80s, there was a tag team called the American Starship. It was Starship Coyote and Starship Eagle, I believe. So this is Starship Coyote. <clears throat> member and he was in jim crockett promotions let's just say that okay in north carolina so here's my starship coyote impression starship coyote 
Hey, yo. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> it was one of his first gimmicks. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Why okay. are we doing Alt Scott? All right, all right. This all right. is stupid. All right, this is the joke. All right, all right. I'm just having a little fun with your kink fan. Okay, I'm putting in some more. Uh, Would you rip up two pieces of paper? Yeah, I, I'm putting in some more. Here we go. I'm putting more into the hat. These are other names Jesus. that aren't related to Scott. If this Hall. is like some other like Scott Hall incarnation that I don't know no, about. No, no, like, no, no, no. Okay, well, I'm through having fun. Game. Oh, I'm losing them all here. All right, I think the audience is through having fun already. <laughs> They're losing it as well. All right, here we go. I got more in the hat. I put a bunch of more names in the hat, not related to Scott Hall. Here we go, Kink Pin. All right. All right, hold on. It's, all right, it's not Scott Hall. Thank you. So that's good. So maybe we'll start playing this game. Okay. All right. Vince Russo. Vince Russo. There's a, a somewhat famous impression. Bruce Pritchard does one. Here's my take on Vince Russo. <clears throat> hey, bro. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> That's not, that's, I don't know. <laughs> what? what? I feel like he this says, is Gargo Lyrics Part 2. He says bro. He says bro a lot. He does say bro. Okay, hit next one, next one, next Jeez. one, next one. All right, Kevin Owens. KO. Okay, next one. Jesus. Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, yo. Okay, here we go. There's another one. Terry Boy? Terry Boy from Michinoku Pro. You don't remember him? No. The six-man tag team match from the first ECW pay-per-view? No. He's also known as Men's Teo. <laughs> what are you looking at? Oh, my God. All right. Speed round, uh, Kingpin. Speed uh, round. Here we go. Here we go. Let's just get a few out uh, there. Darnarius Targaryen? Oh, from Game of Thrones. Hey, Snow. Here we oh go. Next one. Oh, my God. This is getting so stupid. Jim Cornette. Mayo. Okay, he likes mayo. <laughs> here we go. I right, here we go. laughing at this. The Godfather. Hey, ho. <laughs> here we go. One more. One more. Uh, two more. Uh, two more. Two more, King. Two more. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hey, ho. <laughs> one more. Naughty by nature. Hey, ho. Hey, ho. Right, I, th that's it. I'm done with this. I am done. This is so stupid. This what, is so, what? so fucking stupid. Come on. Okay. What? What? what then? <laughs> Uh, like I don't know whether to laugh, to cry, to hit you. There's one impression that you've done on this show. Yes. That I, I actually kind of enjoy. It's oh, made me laugh you. a little bit. Thank you. And you didn't even put it in there. Enzo Amore. That's I think that's what like you're famous for. That's your famous impression. That's my famous one. Okay. Okay. Enzo Amore. Let's end this. We'll we'll end this right here. End this the right way with my Enzo Amore impression. <clears throat> Uh, so, uh, uh, what's, uh, uh, hey, Zo. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. Uh, I, uh, I think I need a new podcast partner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was Mock and Crockett, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, another one for the history books. <laughs> Let's note, see the feedback on this note one. Note to self, when Crockett says he has something new... Avoid it like the plague. Well, folks, we want your feedback. Every week we do something called Murder of Griffin Time, a talkback segment where we interact with you, the listener. 
So tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode, your thoughts on Mocket Crockett. I'm sure it's going to be stellar all across the board. Setting the world on fire. Use the hashtag WPAN. We'll mention you and your tweets later this week because every Thursday it's an all new, all different episode of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDA Radio. You can vote at the WPAN on Twitter Monday nights to decide what we discuss on the show. You never know what else will come up, so be sure to seek us out each and every week. Also, you can download past episodes of this very podcast. They're all going up there from the NAI feed over onto the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing feed. Find it there at that feed or on BDARadio.com. We should, we should have done a Facebook Live for this because... I think that people would have enjoyed seeing the looks of disgust on my face. Well, <laughs> confusion, disgust, anger. Well, come on, Kingpin. We're having a little fun here. I was like a Pixar movie. That's uh, Impressions. That's the name of the game, right? Well, I think it lived up to the name, Mock It. It certainly <laughs> was a mockery. <laughs> well, if you want to let us uh, give us some feedback in our voicemail. Call the voicemail line. We want to hear from you. Get your voicemails in. We will play them on the podcast. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Leave your own impression on the voicemail line. We really appreciate your contributions. So call right now before you forget. Become a part of the wrestling podcast about nothing. 401-584-9726 is the number. Okay, Ryan, it's time to talk about the evolution of the indies. But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor. Jesus. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Break it down, ass man? (laughs) All right. No, it's not Billy Gunn's new website. No, it's not where Kramer goes to make his proctology appointments. BDA Radio really means the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news. They break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. He likes to stick them, and he's going to kick them at BDARadio.com. You know, I just thought of something. I'm so pissed now. I'm going to have to get booked against Billy Gunn again. Why? I could have had a genius promo. I could have cut a promo (laughs) telling him he's not the ass man, that according to the New York State Registry of Motor Vehicles, Cosmo Kramer is the ass man. Perfect. I missed out on it. Man. I'm so mad. He'll be back. That would have been a genius promo. Yes, indeed. Get Warbeard on top of that. Get him back. Oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) So disappointed. It'll happen. It'll happen, Kingpin. All right. The evolution of the indies, Brian Malonis. We've talked about doing this for a while. Where the indies have come, where they are now. I mean, independent wrestling these days is just an amazing place to be. People making their names through the independents. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's nuts. I mean, I think, I think and you think of uh, at the forefront of that are guys like the Young Bucks who are selling T-shirts like crazy, have toys, their stuff in Hot Topic, and now just signed on to have the Funko Pop Vinyl figures, which is insane. Are you going to get those? You have the He-Man ones over here. I do have the He-Man ones. Those are the first ones I bought, but no, no I probably won't get the Young Buck ones. Why not? Support the independents, brother. <laughs> I think they're doing all right. I don't, I don't think that, <laughs> I don't think the Young Bucks need my dollar. <laughs> right. I think they're doing okay for themselves. All right. Well, uh, to know where we got in independent wrestling, I'm going to look back on where we came from. So... 
the territories, the old territory system we all know, the old system all falling under the National Wrestling Alliance banner, the territories, every place had their own boundaries and no one went outside the boundaries. Everyone promoted in their own areas uh, until Vince McMahon came and took them all over, basically, and the territories kind of died out. Mike Mills would give you a lesson on that. He certainly could over <laughs> on the Booking the Territory podcast. Uh, the USWA, I think, was one of the last ones in Memphis, where we've talked about Memphis many Smoky times. Smoky Mountain, right? The last real territory? Uh, okay, but they, they came in late. They came in as the territories were kind of dying anyway. So uh, USWA is Jerry Jarrett, right? Yes, with Jerry huh? Jarrett. <laughs> see, we're, we're doing impressions, see? <laughs> Bringing the impressions back. So when I started attending local wrestling events, Kingpin, way back in the olden days the early 90s, it was sold shows as far as the eye could see. When we say sold shows, we mean usually shows put together by some sort of charitable organization like Police League, like uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, something like that, or, or school, or a football team. And what they would do, they give you cash up front, right? Yes, right. I, well, I was letting <laughs> you go. I... I mean, this is this is your for, this is your heyday. Well, yes, I, I saw you trying to trying to sneak in. Well, because I was gonna say it's not it's not like today when every friggin' indie promotion now puts you know something they're raising money for as a gimmick in order to not be able to pay the talent. <laughs> so, okay. So I've seen a few of those. You know, I see a few of those every weekend that that pop up. Well, these no, these, these, were, these were legitimate, like police athletic league or something like that. Reached out to Killer Kowalski, for example, and Killer Kowalski gave them a price of what it would cost him to put on this show, and then they sell the tickets and keep the money, right? Right, right, right. And this is Killer Kowalski is what I'm talking about, basically, because that's where I started going to shows. Yeah, they kind of made their money. The promotions, the uh, the organizations, I should say, made their money through advertising in the programs. These programs would be like an inch thick <laughs> and it'd be like three pages of stuff about the wrestling. All the rest of it was just ads, ads for all these local businesses. And of course they would get the, the gates. They would get the money that came in through the tickets. So basically all the money for the show was given to like in this case, killer Kowalski up front. And that's how they paid the boys. That's how he paid for the ring, all these other expenses. So, I mean, they could show up and there'd be 50 people there, but they were taken care of. Kowalski's guys were taken care of because they had the money up front. Yeah, I remember um, my buddy Clean there who was in, and he did a couple. These, I guess it, he started in, he would have started like in 95, 96, okay. somewhere in there. And I remember him, like he, he would work these other small shows and not get very much money, then he'd work the Kowalski sold shows and he'd get paid pretty well. Yeah, Kowalski's like, you were getting at the minimum 100 bucks, I think. That's what he was getting, yeah. yeah. He was getting 100 bucks, which... He was just breaking in too, so again, you're talking 1995, so it's right. It's not bad, that's, and that's yeah, it's what three or four times what people starting out get these days, at least. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten as little as five dollars before, like yeah. early on. So yeah, I remember guys that I know that had gotten to Kowalski shows just I've got nothing. So <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I, everybody talks about like the hot dog and handshake or whatever. Like I didn't even get the hot dog. You left hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I had to go spend my own money on food. <laughs> so yeah, like uh, getting a hundred dollars your first show in is like something. I guess later in your career, you would kind of look back on, wow, I got $100 to start out because yeah. the early 90s, this was still happening, but as the decade wore on, it became less and less frequent. The way they sold shows would work overall in terms of the structure of the show, 
they would book stars with name recognition on top. That was your draw in terms of, you know, your Jimmy Snooker was like a perennial guy that was always on top of local shows. But at this point, too, they could also, I mean, there was also times where they could actually use current WWE yes. talent, you know, which, which is actually not so different today. People don't realize that. Like, technically, these guys are independent contractors. You can go through WWE and WWE might let you use these guys. The fee is going to be astronomical. Yeah, but right. that's it's not out of the question. Yeah, I think Jerry Lawler talked about this on his podcast yeah. recently with uh, AJ Styles appeared on a show um NWA Wildside which is like his homegrown promotion. So he went back and did a a shot for them. I don't think he wrestled. No, I think he just Made, made an appearance. appearance. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, I guess it's possible. But yeah, John Cena works for Chaotic Wrestling. Right, <laughs> right. But back in these days, the early to mid nineties, they would lend out guys that actually appear and wrestle on the show. And Kowalski did have, I remember, one was Snooka, Volkov, King Kong Bundy. Right, King Kong Bundy versus Adam Baum, which was one of their main events that they did a loop. And they also did Doink versus Bob Backlund, Mr. Bob Backlund. And Doink was the not Matt Bourne. It wasn't Sweet Scott Ashworth. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was the actual WWE Doink at the time, Ray Apollo. So the guy, and, and Dink would be there as well. So Doink and Dink, you get two for the price of, or one, <laughs> one and a half for the price of one. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> was, it was Wink, Pink. No, just Dink. <laughs> and Link or whatever. <laughs> yeah, we talked about uh, worst Survivor Series teams last Thursday on the wrestling I'm surprised, podcast. I'm surprised, you know, with the influx of Doinks out there. I'm surprised there wasn't like a, a little person that just decided like, shit, I'm just going to go around and tell everybody I'm Dink the Clown. Yeah, that would have been a good right? gig. Yeah. yeah. How did that not happen? I don't know. That's strange. But yeah, Doink was a big thing a little bit later on than this, but on the independence just everyone wanted to have a quote-unquote wwf star on their show to help drive ticket sales so you found a doink outfit somewhere and you put it on and <laughs> usually the doink outfit was a little off oh the paint the paint wasn't quite right yeah. and the hair was a little the hairline wasn't quite uh, <laughs> up to snuff and yeah but they would do that so these shows these sold shows would as you mentioned kingpin draw huge crowds and Kowalski was doing like three or four of these a month at one point, at least. And it was just crazy. And, he, and obviously, for a guy like Kowalski, too, very good relationship with WWF. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure they were, um, I, think, I think he worked very closely with WWF until, you know, he passed away. He just had a really good relationship. I think he did a lot for the company. So, you know, they were probably helping him out when they, wherever they could or, you know, helping him with talent and things of that nature. Yeah. So the way the young guys would get experience was being on these shows with huge houses, basically drawn by the independent organizations, by the um, the local organizations, I should say, that were selling tickets. And and they sell tickets to like telemarketers, right? Yeah. Yeah. They would get people in there basically saying, oh, you can see the Honky Tonk Man or Jimmy Snuka or Adam Baum, I guess, <laughs> drew a few people to these shows. But yeah, these shows always usually in a school gym and you know you bang out six, seven hundred people a I night. Mean, I mean, that time too, WWF themselves were running some high school gyms. So. <laughs> <laughs> that might be true too. The early 90s were lean times. Lean times. Uh, but there was also, at this very same time where I was going to these Kowalski shows that were drawing these huge houses, there was ringside wrestling in New Hampshire, the Lobster Man's promotion. 
that was more like oh, a it was true called ringside at first. Yeah, really. It's more like a true indie that you'd see today. Also, Yankee Pro in New Bedford. They were kind of running the model that would go on to become what independent wrestling is basically known as today. Right, that's where like Rick Rick Fuller came out of there. Right, right? Scott yeah. Taylor, Scotty Tuhati. Yeah. They didn't have a big uh, you know, local organization behind them. They were running these same buildings every week and not getting $100, I'm pretty sure, uh, <laughs> for, for a payday. But that was what was going on elsewhere. But uh, by the late 90s, I was starting to actually get into the ring and refereeing. The social model was kind of dying out. And this independent model I just talked about was becoming the norm. It's kind of weird, though, and ironic because at the time, WWF at the time was really heating up and getting hot. So it's weird that the sold show model was kind of dying out as the wrestling overall was getting hotter. Yeah, you wonder what kind of spurred that. I mean, I mean, what usually happens is, and I can't imagine that this necessarily happened with Walter, but somewhere along the line, I'm sure people started getting burned and yeah, you know, word spreads and. It's like trying to find buildings for wrestling in the you know in any area. You know, somebody held a show, they did something stupid, people bled, or the locker room was trashed, or the people were doing drugs or something, and they say, "Nope, never again. We're not ever having this back." Right, and that's where the name wrestling just generically people say we don't want wrestling, not knowing the difference between yeah, exactly. one organization and the next. Yeah, because at that point they don't care. They're just like, "Nope, nope, sorry." <laughs> yeah, a lot of buildings were burned that way, so. uh yeah, it ended up moving to smaller venues, uh, you know, VFW halls, Elks Lodges. People were paying buildings to run shows rather than getting money through these kind of charitable organizations. So the model kind of switched around where you're paying rent, basically, to run in a building rather than... Yeah, whatever, like, you'd pay if, like, you're having your wedding reception at these buildings right. or something. So the houses, as a result, went down because there's no big town organization behind them pushing tickets pushing the event paydays went down because they were now being dependent on the gate rather than just getting this lump sum from the start so i mean based on the gate that's kind of a a joke in terms of (laughs) independent (laughs) wrestling right i've worked for one promoter who actually pays on the gate um and and i trust them to do so because they have proven and they're they're not a dirtbag but other than that Every promoter who throughout my career is quote unquote paid on the gate, whether there were fifty people or two hundred fifty people, you got your standard, uh, you know. And again, that was more earlier days. Now I pretty much just have a set rate, and this is what I'm working for. And right. you pay me it, great. If you don't, then I'm probably not going to work your show. But but back uh, at the time, it was like yeah, yeah it was twenty like, bucks. Or yeah, whatnot. yeah, whatever. Whether it was yeah, whether it was fifty people or two hundred fifty people, oh, here's your twenty bucks. <laughs> right, lighthouse night, guys. Sorry, lighthouse. <laughs> that was kind of the. Uh, the the thing right exactly uh but at the same time when this is going on uh you know the independent wrestling kind of thing is switching around people are discovering independent wrestling because of the internet the internet is becoming more available to more homes and more people are just discovering that there's something outside of what you see on tv in terms of wrestling yeah well i mean i think youtube and the internet and and the advent of all that has really made the world a much smaller place and just made made it easier to consume where i think most times the first three to five years of my career probably the only promotion i was regularly working for where the matches were taped every time was chaotic so I, I would say there's a good portion of my career that's not even on tape anywhere. But now with the way YouTube is and all these other things, whether it, you know, Powerbomb TV, I think Flow Sam is 
gone or going away, but something's happening, yeah. Um, but there's just more ways to consume product. Uh, I mean, with the young bucks, we'd go back to young bucks, but without the internet, they wouldn't be able to do what they were doing because you'd need to be on, you'd need to be on like WWE or you know. I mean, they're on Ring of Honor, which does have American TV, but it's a little different. It's more like syndication and inconsistent kind of time slots. So you'd almost need to be in WWE, but now. Where I mean, really, if you're on the internet and you're throwing stuff on the internet, you you have a broader audience than television at this point. That's more people really should take advantage of it. As as I sit here as somebody who does not take advantage of <laughs> of the internet. <laughs> but even the early days of the internet, before even YouTube and stuff like that, I know Todd Sinclair on the Art of Wrestling with Cole Cabana. Did you listen to that yet? Uh yes, I did listen to that. Okay, he talked about the Usenet groups. Rec Sports, Pro Wrestling, RSPW, it was all like text-based. It was like a message board where people would talk about independent wrestling and stuff like that. So that's where I I would actually post... Tape traders and stuff, right? Well, I mean, that's a different phase of it. Tape traders more with uh, TV wrestling. But independent wrestling, I would actually post about Killer Kowalski's shows on the Usenet groups. Just uh, You can go back and probably search and find Michael Crockett <laughs> talking about Killer Kowalski's IWF back in the day. But that was kind of the very first uh, inkling that there was something else out there was the, early the, the magazines. The, you, know, you start to see right. stuff in the magazines. I mean, the first like guy I remember, like indie guy I kind of ever remember hearing about was Reckless Youth. Yep, yep. Like he was like the first it. He was the first name indie yeah, wrestler. Him, and then Christopher Daniels, who okay. ironically is still still, doing it, still doing it today at a very high level. Those were really the first two I ever remember hearing anything about. Yeah, Reckless Youth was huge just through the internet and through, like you said, the aftermags. I know the Our Vantage Play <laughs> podcast won't enjoy. Don't call me aftermags. Yes, but yeah, Reckless Youth. I don't know how you describe him. He was doing crazy stuff. One of the first guys to do crazy stuff. He wore what came to be known as the typical indie garbage gear. Typical indie garbage. <laughs> he, he wore like jorts and like a cut off t-shirt, black t-shirt. And it wasn't typical back then. And he was, yeah, he would do crazy things. He eventually was signed by WWF. Wait, well, I know he was ever signed. He was, he was eventually signed by WWF, but... Uh, he went into developmental, never got on TV. You kind of wonder if they did that just to take him away from the independence. It seemed like weird. They signed the guy and just never used him on TV. Maybe he wasn't all he cracked up to be. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But he was, uh, yeah, he was in Memphis. He did a bunch of stuff. His name, real name is Tom Carter, but he was just, he was like the original Young Bucks. Uh, I don't think he made the kind of money. I'm sure today he wished he had the uh, T-shirt <laughs> money that the Young Bucks have. Well, that, that's the big. I mean, you want to talk about differences on the indies today? It's it's the merchandise, right? Uh, I mean, the, the merchandise is crazy. the The amount of it, how many people have T-shirts, the accessibility to get it. I mean, I wasn't thinking about that. If I, I think that we were trained exceptionally well by Mike Hollow and, and the Chaotic Training Center. If I, had to, if I had to give an honest critique of one place where they might have fallen short was things like merchandising, marketing yourself, mm-hmm. you know, getting your name out there. It was so WWE-centric trying to get there. It was almost like it didn't matter if you're, it, you, 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 you got known. And almost you know. they didn't want you to go to other dependents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, you're a Chaotic Wrestling guy. Don't go anywhere else because that's garbage. Yeah, exactly. And, and stay here and, and WWE doesn't care. Just get better. You know, just come to class and work, you know, and, and again, I, I'm, 
they they weren't intentionally like giving us bad advice or trying to lead us astray. That was just their belief at that right. time. And I, I tend to lean that way because at that particular juncture, it actually hurts you the more experience you had right. uh, with WWE. It's 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 the WWE thing has come completely full circle. Where it used to be like to get to WWF, put you on TV. They'd almost want you to be around for like ten years, like put you on TV type thing. And then it went to. They didn't want guys who were from the Indies because they didn't want to untrain bad habits and things right. of that nature. And now it's come full circle again. Now they want guys who have experience and have made names themselves and have wrestled all over the world. Yeah, we'll come back to that in just a second. But Brian, where you come into this whole thing, you first started attending as a fan NWA New England. Yes. Right? And I started refereeing for NWA New England. Tony Rumble's promotion, it wasn't... Certain points they did those bigger shows. They actually end up having WWE guys on a couple shows. Of course, they were closely associated with Jim Cornette and Kevin Kelly as well. So there was some sort of working relationship there with Tony Rumble where they got guys. I talked about it before. Road Dog and Test and Big Boss Man were on shows for NWA New England. But for the most part, it was those small independent shows good time emporium we can talk about which was a local video arcade that ended up running nwa new england shows what was your experience first going to independent wrestling what was I, it like i loved it i thought, I thought it was great I you mean, think it was like a huge downgrade especially from wwe do you think it was no 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 it didn't even cross my I, that never crossed my mind it was just like i knew it was obviously smaller than wwe but I just liked it. Like I, yeah. you know, I wasn't like I wasn't like the folks of today, the fans of 2017 who have to look at everything with a critical eye. Which is, I like pro wrestling. I mean, there were certain people who I thought stunk. You know, like, yeah. Uh, we won't we won't name them on this on this podcast, but. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that's just like watching wrestling on TV. You're like, oh, I don't like this guy. He stinks. But maybe you're not even quite knowing why. You know, it wasn't like I was like, his match quality is just not very good. It was just, <laughs> I don't like this guy. He stinks. Yeah. Like, you know. But no, I, I loved it. I enjoyed going to it. To me, it was wrestling, and it was a way to watch and get more wrestling in my life and, and be in attendance for it. So by the end of NWA New England, by the end of the 90s, actually, WWF guys, there weren't really doing any second party bookings so it was more a pure independent wrestling show after that and by the time i got to chaotic wrestling they were still using former wwf and ecw guys here and there but we would draw based more on what would you say would you say is the quality of the guys on the show i think that plays in part of it it's funny i also with independent wrestling a little bit when you're going back to the same venue over and over and over again and you're getting the same fans over and over and over again it sort of becomes like this this is my promotion. This is my neighborhood. This is my town. This is in my town or whatever. So it almost becomes that sort of, there's almost like an ownership from the fans, or at least at that point there was like, this is my promotion. Like, right. you know, and, and, and they take pride in it. And no matter kind of who was coming through the door, I mean, I still think you have to have a quality show. If your show is garbage, then you're not going to draw anything. I mean, yeah. I've, I've literally been on shows where there's two paying fans and both of them came with me and I made them pay. <laughs> like it was Steph and, and Jimmy and you know, the promoter had said I could bring them with me. And then there was literally no paying fans and I made them pay. So <laughs> <laughs> did, did you get a payday for that show? Uh, yeah, I think like 10 bucks or something. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was, it's I, ironically later on, I, I, I wrestled in that hall well, until last year when APW left there. I wrestled in that hall regularly. Yeah. Many more people in it though. <laughs> so, well, you draw the people. The, first, the other time was the first time you were there, right? 
Uh, yeah. So then they heard that the it wasn't it was wasn't there. it wasn't APW. Oh, okay, I see. <laughs> and it was years in between. Okay. So yeah, the local guys kind of would make their name. Uh, promotion would draw based on the people, as well as probably the reputation, like you talked about. If it's a good promotion. Yeah, the word. I think the word spreads. The one thing about you know, I think we used to talk about it in chaotic was the hardest part is getting them in the door. But we always felt good that once somebody was exposed to us that they would continue to come over and over again. And I think the business model of Chaotic has shown that. Once somebody comes exposed to the product, they like it and they and they come back. So how do you get people in the door? You don't have the telemarketers anymore. You don't have the local organization behind you. What, what do you do to get the people well, in the door? Well, Mike, me and you spent many a, many a <laughs> Saturday and Sunday driving all over the streets of Lowell, Massachusetts, hanging posters. Right. And, I mean, in, in our, our day, back in my, that's what we should yes. call this episode, back in my day, <laughs> the internet was around or whatever, but social media, I don't think quite right. was as popular I don't yet. think it was, yeah, it wasn't a big thing yet. So it really was. It was flyering the town. It was, you know, just getting posters up on telephone poles and in convenience stores and any anywhere anywhere you could. Um and, and probably email blast, I, I think were probably a thing at that point. I think Chaotic was doing email blasts already. But yeah, it was just you had to get the word out by flyering the town. Right. And the Come on, everybody has seen those old school yellow like Right, those <laughs> cardboard eleven by seventeen things yes. on, on a. I uh, signed a couple of those last night. They made some for the show I was on last night. Yeah, Lucky I think Pro. Lucky Pro still does. I signed those, a few yeah. of those last night. Yeah, you see them on uh, telephone poles around town. They also do. I, I know we talked about this with Alex Arion and Brian Fury on the Steve Bradley two-parter about uh, local ticket brokers. They would find like a convenience store. I know we did it in Littleton for Chaotic Wrestling, like right. a gas station. You say you give them a stack of tickets and say, "Here, have five tickets for you and your family. Uh, sell these tickets for whatever you want. Give us just ten bucks. You can charge whatever you want for the tickets. Something like that. Is that the way it works? Yeah. Well, yeah. Usually, I, I know that. Well, I mean, the deal with chaotic. And I know I'm speaking a lot about chaotic, but that's the yeah, that's promotion I have the most intimate knowledge with when it comes to promoting and things of that nature. I mean, we did it with like having roster tickets. You know, sell them for fifteen, give back ten. Yeah. So they make five five dollars of tickets. I think also too, didn't we have like a relationship with like a pizza shop right around the corner from the PAV in Lowell, and they mm-hmm. and they put like stuff on their pizza boxes or whatever, right. and flyers into their orders. They were a sponsor as well, the official sponsor. They would give yeah. uh, some cash to Chaotic to help promote them as well. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of hustling. I mean, it's, yeah, it's where. In the telemarketing days, the promoter, I mean, you know, I'm sure Kowalski wanted people at his show, but ultimately he didn't give a shit. Yeah, he just showed up. Yeah, he got his money, and whether there was 100 people there or 500 people or 1,000, like, he's already made his money. And it's really up to the organization to hustle and sell the tickets where the new model is you got to hustle. Even in today's, with the advent of social media, the promotions that are most successful are the ones that hustle their ass off. Um, and that and that includes getting social media posts out there and, and interacting. And um, it's always been a game for people who are going to hustle and, and work their ass off. It's, you know, it's not, it's not an easy thing to get people in the door. You're trying to separate some people's entertainment budget <laughs> from their wallet. So you, you got to give them a reason to. And, and it can be tough when it's local wrestlers without name value. So it really does have to be the, the overall quality of, of the matches and the experience. But there are some guys that are making national names basically by doing independent work. You talked about the Young Bucks, a former WWF guy like Cody Rhodes. 
what do you see out there these days when you go into shows like Beyond Wrestling? That's one of the promotions I'm sure you were referencing when you're talking about ones that use social media like very well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Drew is nonstop on social media. He's passionate about it, works his ass off. Um, but also, too, he's getting talent that, while they're not household names, they're names in the sense that people who are who are hip to independent wrestling know them. Beyond Wrestling is a kind of a different animal than, say, like something like a Chaotic. Mm-hmm. Beyond Wrestling is something that, I mean, really hardcore wrestling fans... I, I don't know how much the average fan because the the prices are a little the ticket prices are a little more expensive than your typical indie show, yep. so really you're going to be somebody who like you love wrestling. The, I think the crowd that goes to Beyond Wrestling is people who really love independent wrestling. It's uh, I don't want to call it a niche market because I don't think it's a niche market, but kind of like that. You're you have a very you have a target audience. I guess, I guess anything has a target audience, but Beyond Wrestling isn't for the dad and mom with the with Jimmy and Susie who they kind of like wrestling and they're just looking to go spend 50 or 60 bucks and go see a wrestling show. Yeah. It's not that type of experience. It's very different from a chaotic or a lucky pro or something like that. Um, these are guys who, I mean, you just look at, I mean, look at the, <laughs> these are guys that are going to be somewhere for the most part soon or, or guys who are hot on the independents. And they fly these guys in. They're not. Yeah. Oh yeah. Local. Oh yeah. Like that's, that's part of the reason behind the higher ticket prices. Yeah. And, 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 also, too, with Beyond, I mean, and, and Limitless is kind of going along the same lines. Is these aren't guys that you're going to see in your other local indie feds in uh, in New England. You know, you're not going to see Matt Riddle at Chaotic Wrestling. Um, you're probably not going to see Joey Janela at you know Chaotic or Lucky Pro or something like that. So he's he's bringing in guys that you're not going to be able to see elsewhere. So with this, we talked about a little earlier the fact that it's all coming around with WWE where they're looking to the independents for talent. So is this kind of like a rebirth of the territories in terms of this is what they did in the early 80s. They went to the territories and picked off the best people. And now they're looking to the independents and picking off the best people. Is it basically just all come around again? I mean, I guess I guess in a way, yeah. I mean, if you if you think in terms of that, yeah, because they are picking up guys left and right. And I mean, in reality, WWE has the financial wherewithal to own the wrestling business and they can just sign people just to so other people can't have them right they can just squash companies if they wanted to i don't think that's what they want to do though this time no i think i think they're understanding that they can leverage and and use they it, like you know so they have nxt which they've obviously invested a lot of money in but then they can let the independence exist and use it to cultivate talent and they don't have to pay anything for that until they actually want to sign somebody right which is a beautiful thing i mean the ironic thing is ring of honor not ring of honor itself but its parent company actually has the financial clout to compete with WWE if they really wanted to. Like they could put a huge WWE. TV conglomerate. Yeah, yeah, they could they could they could buy WWE. I mean, <laughs> they really could. I mean, they just I mean, Sinclair Media just bought like Tribune Media and it was like a multi-billion dollar acquisition. So, uh, I mean, they actually do have the financial wherewithal. Now they're probably not going to compete with WWE on a on a dollar for dollar basis, but you know, they they could. But yeah, I mean, why why not? If you're WWE, why not let it exist? And uh, I know there was the rumors of like them buying like up Ring of Honor or something like that. And I don't think they want to do that though, because they don't they don't have to own it. They can just let it exist, let it develop talent, and then when the time comes, they can financially outspend them and just take the talent. So, what do you think is the future of what's going on with the independence? The same thing is going to keep on going. Do you think? Uh, what I mean, eventually, it's going to burst. Every bubble bursts at some point. I don't. I don't think that the end is. 
There's certainly Near. not as many independents as there used to be out there. A lot of them have died oh, out. Thank God. Like, <laughs> I mean, they were just. I mean, I remember early on, I'd be run, you know, I'd be at a show in like Attleboro, and there'd be like six shows all within like an hour radius. Right. You know, and it was just like they're all just splitting the audience, and there's. It's also cut down on the amount of shitbag wrestlers too. You know, I, I, the quality of talent has improved because there's not these horrendous, all these horrendous places for them to still wrestle. I mean, there's still a couple here and there, but. There's not all these horrendous places where these people who went to Kowalski's at the time or they went to the CTC or now they go to the New England Pro Wrestling Academy for like a week and, and then show up at a show and say, hey, uh, Brian Fury trained me. Uh, right. So, I, I mean, it does happen. It, it still I'm happens sure it a little has. bit, but, but there's less places for them to go now. Yeah. You know, so that's the, that's the good thing. So where do you see it going? Do you see it, you say in the bubble bursting, do you see... I, I just, I think, because everything, everything does eventually, but... I, I don't think it's close to it yet. I still think it's on the upswing. I mean, I think right now you're probably going to see more guys maybe not reach the level of the Young Bucks because the Young Bucks are just they're on a level of their own. But I think you're going to see more guys start making you know true, honest-to-God livings on, on the indies, not pretend livings on the indies, right? You know, but actually making money and supporting themselves and uh, making real money. And there's uh, rumors of like Neville – they're saying that he's done with WWE. That hasn't been confirmed yet, but they're saying that he's leaving because, I mean, I, I, a guy like Neville, if he is leaving, feels probably better about leaving a company like WWE because of the healthy independent scene. He knows he can make money. Yeah, I mean, uh, Austin Aries just put out a tweet, like I think like yesterday or the day before, about how you know he's made more in the last like four months or something on the indies and he made in the last six months of being in the big leagues so that's crazy cody Rhodes just talked about he's made more money since he left than he was in the last stretch he was he was there so there's i mean there's money out there to be made but just like anything else you gotta hustle you gotta work your ass off right. you gotta you gotta promote yourself relentlessly it's a full-time job uh, it's not just this thing you do on the weekends. It's you know you spend every waking moment dedicating yourself to whether it's being in the gym, promoting yourself on on social media, coming up with you know merchandise concepts, pushing your merchandise. It's you, you're working twenty four seven. It's it's a you know again we talked about it. people who want to hustle. It's there. And you personally, has this been a good year for you, independent wise? Yeah, financially. Yeah, yeah, I've made money. I mean, it's weird to say, which but, is weird. Yeah. yeah, in the past, it hasn't been that way. No, no, I, I would, I would say now that for like this will be the second consecutive year that I've made a profit in in pro wrestling, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and it's people out there like it's taking you this long. Yeah, that's how the independence. Yeah, because again, when you, you when I started out, you're talking. I mean, for the first, I don't know how many years, but it was. 15 20 bucks 25 bucks you know i got to a, i got to a certain point maybe 7 or 8 years ago where most places i was getting i was getting 50 dollars you know now i get more than that you know and and you know everywhere i go meets my price and right. you know sometimes maybe maybe i get a little more oh <laughs> you know it's just yeah it's it, it's also to knowing your worth it's it's and not accepting less than that um, which more guys need to do when guys sit there and they they work these places and they're willing to take nothing for it or you know a couple bucks for it, you hurt everybody because and well this guy's doing it why don't you why don't you do it you know that that type of bullshit but no I mean, it's it's crazy it's 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 amazing the the evolution of, of this I mean when I first broke in when you first broke in if you wanted to well when you first broke in WCW and ECW were still yeah. around but when I broke in WCW had probably just been bought. 
So there was one place in town if you wanted to make money, and that was WWE. Japan wasn't flying Americans over. Europe wasn't happening. It was just, if you wanted to make money in wrestling, it was WWE or nothing. And that's not the case anymore. And that's a fantastic thing. And wrestling is healthy all over the place, and thank God. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. You look at WWE's numbers or whatever, but they're making record money. I mean, people look at the TV ratings, and they and they freak out about that or whatever. But, I mean, WWE's making more money than they ever have. But the real kind of renaissance of pro wrestling has come from underneath. It's come from independent wrestling and, and things of that nature. So while things like Ring of Honor and New Japan, they're they're not competing with WWE. They're not going to put WWE out of business. They're not going to put the dent in their business like WCW did. They're existing. They're making money, making a good amount of money and, and quite healthy. So, All right. Well, hope you guys learned something out there with this evolution of the indies. And uh, I guess it's time. Backslash back in my day. <laughs> yes. I guess it's time for the promo about nothing, Brian. The year, I think it's about 1986. I don't have the... You've been going way back lately on these, huh? Well, yeah. It's, it's, well, we're going back south, Kingpin. Oh, boy. The NWA, Jim Crockett Promotions, World Championship Wrestling, and your good friend. You're a big fan of Tony Schiavone, right? Yeah, I do. I do like the Tony Schiavone podcast. Well, he is standing by with one Nikita Koloff. Here we go. This week's promo about nothing. The world heavyweight champion Ric Flair viewed the tape, and like I said, I don't think I've ever seen Ric Flair as upset as irate as he was right here on TV. Ric Flair, come on, the automatic. That's it. That's the whole thing. I think there was more to it, but that's all that was on the uh, YouTube. Let's hear it one more time. Here we go. That's so that's so awesome. I want that to be like a ringtone on my phone. It's believable Russian, don't you think? <laughs> Very believable. I thought he was speaking Russian, not and not gibberish. <laughs> Thank you to Booking the Territory and Mike Mills for pointing out to me the absurdity of Nikita Koloff and his promos. Hi. Uh, this just goes to prove my point about Southern wrestling fans. Oh, no. <laughs> Buy anything? Yeah, yes. Oh, no. <laughs> Literal gibberish they thought was Russian. <laughs> Mega TA is, is one thing that they talk about on Booking the Territory. His English is even really terrible. But <laughs> him there tr- attempting, uh, trying to speak Russian, it just... <laughs> I would just learn a little bit in Russian. I mean, yes. at least like at least like, it doesn't even have to be like a cohesive sentence. Just learn some words and put them together. <laughs> Brian, can you speak a little Russian for us? <laughs> Very much more believable. <laughs> and you want to speak about like the best workers out there? I think Ivan Koloff, maybe even Tony Schiavone, the best workers on the planet, for holding a straight face while Nikita Koloff was... <laughs> you know, I, I, I've talked about this in the past. Like My, my dad really enjoyed the NWA, so we right. used to watch like the Saturday Night Program. But my mom loved Nikita Koloff. Really? Yeah, loved Nikita Koloff. Huh. Yeah. I don't understand. I, I, I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestlers my mom liked. Tony Atlas, Ken Patera, 
Nikita Koloff. She's like muscle guys, huh? I guess. I guess. <laughs> Very strange, but maybe what he was saying in Russian there was... Really resonated with her? Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. That's really weird, but yeah, Nikita Koloff. Fake Russian, terrible Russian accent, terrible Russian speaking, and... Uh, that's about it. Wow. That was fantastic. That's that's one of the all-time greats <laughs> of uh, promos about nothing. That's up there with Flapjack. Well, you heard this promo about nothing. Go take a look at it. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode on the NAI Wrestling Network. All right, Kingpin, you're hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and it's date time. Yes, Mike. This Friday night. Oh. Yes, I'll be heading to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You're kidding me. No, I'm uh I I'll be heading there to uh compete for Ring of Honor. Wow. How about that? Big huh? news. International television taping. How were you able to hold that in for an hour? <laughs> Jesus. At the, is, it, is it the 2300 Arena now? Is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah. ECW wow. Arena. Have you ever worked there before? No, no. This is very exciting. Amazing. Yeah, very, very exciting. I, I will say that the opportunities I've gotten through Ring of Honor, I got to wrestle in Pittsburgh in the shadows of Heinz Field, which is pretty cool for personal reasons, right. but got to wrestle at Hammerstein in New York City, got to do the auditorium in Lowell, and now, and now the ECW arena. Pretty cool. Pretty excited. Uh, so you better just gig just out of <laughs> yes. history of that I'm going to hit my opponent in the face with a chair 10 seconds <laughs> in. So Perfect. Uh, if you're in the Philadelphia area listening to this, uh, definitely find Ring of Honor on, on online. And Tremendous. You'll be on the show. Yes. Fantastic. Yes, I will be competing. I don't know exactly how or what yet, but... Amazing. I will be doing something. So then Saturday night, I'll be very tired boy <laughs> out no. in Western Massachusetts oh, in Hadley Master Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling. A three-way battle of the big men. Yes. Myself, Wrecking Ball Ligursky, and Congo. Find PVP, Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling, on all social media platforms. So I can tell you what's going to happen right now. The bell's going to ring. You're going to hit the floor and let those two guys go at it for a bit, right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Don't give the match away, Mike. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> then the 27th, Friday night, October the 27th, I'll be heading to Northern Essex Community College for Chaotic Wrestling. Haverhill, Massachusetts. Yes, Chaotic Wrestling's breaking point. I'll be competing in a tables match against Elia Markopoulos for the Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight Championship, in which no doubt... <laughs> I will be walking away the four-time chaotic go. wrestling heavyweight uh-huh. champion without a doubt in my mind. And the very next night, Mike, I'll be heading to West Warwick, Rhode Island, the XWA Event Center for XWA Wrestling. Find XWA on social media platforms for ticket and event information. And rounding out, Mike, a very wow. busy October for myself. Say that again. Sunday, the 29th, 2 p.m., the Electric Haze in Worcester. Be on wrestling. We'll also be on Powerbomb.tv. Uh, look up Powerbomb.tv. Lots of good. Uh, it's a really great streaming service. Uh, they'll be having the event live streaming, so you can watch uh, myself compete there if you're so inclined. Find BeyondWrestlingOnline.com or the they're very active on social media. Uh, last I heard, there's you know we are what two weeks out from the show today. There were I think less than seventy five tickets remain. So if you're going to go to this one or want to go to this one, get your tickets now. Or if you uh, unfortunately get shut out, you can watch it on Powerbomb.tv. 
Fantastic. And Whew. I know, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know if you want more dates, but if you want to book the Kingpin, Brian Malonis at Comcast.net. That is his email. And you can DM him at Brian Malonis on Twitter. And Putting Over Podcast, we talked about a little earlier. That is the Facebook group bringing together pro wrestling podcasters and podcast fans. Just go to Facebook, put in the search bar, Putting Over Podcasts. You can join us and be part of the community. And we're all just talking about podcasts, all the stuff that we love about wrestling talk so find us over there on facebook and booking the territory we'll mention once again with mike mills they're doing two podcasts a week on sundays the smoky mountain show on thursday is the flagship show and check in the boots they are coming back very shortly and find chip and tony on uh, all podcast platforms and finally the rundown wrestling podcast jason stewart his buddy troy doing that thing on thursday nights plus uh they're keeping it active all week long on that feed so just subscribe to the rundown wrestling podcast to find all their stuff and of course we hope you will continue to listen to the all new NAI Wrestling Network all week long for DC and Doc Talk, Rent with Ant, the Shatter Glass Cast, and of course, the flagship, the New Age Insiders Wrestling Show. Okay, we are back on Thursday with the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDA Radio. Search WPAN on your favorite podcatcher or go to BDARadio.com. Then you can join the Kingpin and myself next Monday here for the WPAN on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network, episode number 79. Till then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mako and thanks for nothing. <laughs>